0: Let's
1: do it. I'm hot. It's hot in my house right now.
0: Well,
1: let's bang this bad boy out. Then you of the ba- air ba- ba- Bang the bad boy out. Ba- 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 bang the bad boy out. Ba- 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 bang the bad boy out. Um... Welcome to Bundle Buddies. This is a podcast where we play indie video games from itch.io and elsewhere. My name is Alex Honnett.
0: I'm Eric Taylor-Roth.
1: And our producer is Matthew Haddock. We started playing the itch.io bundle for its just Equality when it was launched in June 2020. It raised over $8 million for charitable causes. We have since added even more bundles and games... that celebrate the spirit of indie gaming and social justice. This is episode 82 and we have played at 226 of the 3,042 games in our bundles and we promise to play all of them. Thanks for mm-hmm. joining us today. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the, the return, the return of Honey Boy
1: only on the intro.
0: Hmm, only on the intro yeah this
1: this is all this is this in the outro is all you're gonna hear from me this week you're stuck you're trapped in the rock zone
0: a free-flowing conversation between me and my good friend andrew haywood about the game into the breach which he has been telling me to play for a very long time and um i use the podcast as an excuse to finally play it and, uh, he was right. He was right to tell you, but I had a, I had a ball. I had a freaking ball. You know what, Alex, I don't think you've listened to this podcast yet.
1: I haven't. I'm going to edit it after we're done talking about this stuff.
0: You are going to be upset because, um, Andrew agrees with me that the turn-based square, you know, games are, uh, not fun to play. So.
1: Oh my God. There you go. I there guess, you know what? Hard. If liking turn-based square games makes me square, then I'm square. You uh, well, no. have the shape you play. And that's why you are a dynamic, three-dimensional, <laughs> dashing, jumping, uh, ever sort of constricting and also elongating space. And no, I'm just a, a square. Wow. wow. I'm just a square. Yeah, I'm only. It's like i the I'm Just a Bill song. Oh, uh-huh. man. I'm, yeah. If we ever get to that place where we have like fans who, uh, uh, want to write songs for us, or maybe I should write this song. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those
1: things where, you know, if Matt was really a good producer, he would be writing parody songs based on our conversations.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow.
1: It's not enough that oh guys, I don't actually, it's probably not fair for me to say that Matt has COVID on the podcast. If he didn't tell us, we should,
0: um, He's got a strange disease,
1: <laughs> and it's not monkeypox. We can monkey say that
0: elusive, elusive in its diagnosis. Um, it it's been ravishing the globe. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what's crazy? The monkeypox shit, like COVID. I I remember at the beginning of COVID, I was kind of scared of it, but like uh, a a lung based thing, you know, like. That doesn't scare me as much as some reason. Monkeypox really fucking freaks me out.
0: <sighs>
1: really? Yeah. I, it's I like feel... the rashes and like that shit, like the lesions on your skin. That like that shit really gets to me.
0: Damn. Here's the thing is <laughs> I already have a lot of rashes. Maybe it's not a funny thing to joke about. But uh... Do
1: you mean rashes or do you mean like like skin tags and stuff like that? Like moles?
0: Dude, I'm just like my skin is falling off my body.
1: That might be monkeypox. Whoa! Damn. <laughs> or leprosy I'm sure for that matter. i
0: zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a funny. Th- we sh- well, I don't know. We we need humor to get through these dark times.
1: I know. It's not like we're saying like uh, it's not like we're saying that people who get monkey box monkey box <laughs> monkey box. People- <laughs> it's not like we say that monkeys who box are bad.
0: Monkey boxing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, enough monkey poxing. How about some monkey boxing?
0: Yeah, there you go. Um, that's my
1: that's my cancelable take. Is that I am into animal cruelty for monkey boxing?
0: <laughs> Alex is fucking. Alex loves animal cruelty.
1: <laughs> that would be really. it would be so funny if like the both for like the first thing it's like people are talking about Corona being everywhere, but I'm fucking pumped. I love Coronas, like the beer, and then yeah, it's like, yeah,
0: yeah I remember. And then that. it's
1: like, oh fuck, disease, and then it's like. Why is everyone so pissed off about all this monkey boxing stuff? it Sounds fucking <laughs> rad to me. <laughs> they have to find out about monkeypox.
0: Oh, that's. Uh, I'm looking forward for you for. I'm looking forward for this redemption arc for you for this like narrative arc that you're about to go on where you learn that uh, <laughs> monkey boxing is actually really a bad thing. When you fall in love? Okay. You fall in love with a monkey who you're training to box. Not, like, in a sexual way, but in, like, a, you know. (laughs) What? Yeah, so it's, like, you start fighting.
1: I have to ask the listener very quickly. Do you think that um, anything we said earlier, like, implied, like, uh, that monkey boxing was sexual in nature (laughs) at all? (laughs) Because
0: i was just saying that you would fall in love with it but not I oh i see to... the
1: love aspect is yeah. is not sexual it's platonic love between me and the yeah. monkey
0: yeah that you're training to fight but then you realize that actually this is cruel and that you don't want the monkey to fight so,
1: and that's somehow yeah. a metaphor for monkey pox somewhere in there and that's why we're the greatest storytellers of our age um <laughs> i've been watching um primal on hbo max have you heard of it it's a uh, Gendy Tartakovsky who uh, he's done like a ton of fucking fantastic cartoons that you've heard of. Okay. Um, he's also, he's, he's responsible for the, uh, I mean, he did Samurai Jack and like Clone Wars. He did the hotel Transylvania at Dexter's laboratory, all that okay. stuff. And there's uh-huh. a series right now on HBO max called primal. The second season just started. There's only like three episodes out, uh-huh. but it's like a mostly um, wordless uh, show about like a, um caveman and his dinosaur friend and they okay. live in like an extremely brutal sort of sci-fi uh pre- prehistoric setting and like kind of just deal with it and are, try- are like each other's buds and try to like get by and it it's you can watch the whole thing the first episode's like they're they're half hour episodes first episode first season's like 10 or 12 episodes maybe less right. um and they're all great they're all really cool and, and it's that do it, you it, cry um it it I didn't cry, but like it was there's like a bunch of really fucking sad shit that happens that is like unsettlingly sad.
0: That sounds great.
1: Um, and the dinosaur in it reminds me of my dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. But that's all to
1: say that I'm already teaching someone monkey boxing.
0: Oh, Dottie. Dottie, Dottie, Dottie. ding dong.
1: Dottie. Um, why don't we talk about uh this episode this week our guest is uh your pal andrew haywood did we already mention
0: that we did we you know i kind of jump i jumped the gun um it's great andrew's great he's very smart um we just kind of go off we use into the breach as sort of the spine of the conversation we branch off into a bunch of different directions if you uh if you liked into the breach or if you've never heard of into the breach this uh this is a blast we kind of just talk about us uh, you know strategy games tactics, games, and uh why this one does it so well That's, fantastic uh, yeah what are we what are we doing as far as uh donations this week
1: our cause is once again any abortion fund in the united states but we're still donating the national network of abortions funds uh collective power fund which redistributes direct abortion funding to 20 member abortion funds across more than 20 states uh it's concentrated in the south and midwest where it's often the hardest to get an abortion the collective power fund supports cost of an abortion transportation to a clinic child care lodging and abortion doula support um all dollars raised uh are direct, redirected to local abortion funds on the front line of abortion access. Uh, we've donated them, and if you donate and send proof to Bundle Buddies podcast, gmail.com, we'll shout you on the show.
0: Rad, rad. Let's this go for a, it. This is a hoop. This is a, I can't wait for
2: you to hear, Alex. I'm excited. Wait, so am I officially a Bundle Buddy now? Right. I. So I think you're a Bundle-eber. But... This is called Bundle Buddies. Mm -hmm. There are just two people here.
0: Okay. It Um, seems
2: hard to argue against an interpretation where I am now a Bundle Buddy.
0: Okay. I mean, you know, I don't know that I get to... I'm not sure that that's a thing I get to dole out. I think... uh... I mean, it might just really be self-declared if you think about it. Okay. I mean, so if you're you're just saying you are a Bundle Buddy, then I can't really do anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) Then. Yeah. <laughs> so uh
2: welcome to cancel culture yeah um, it's the
0: opposite it's, it's like, <laughs> he's okay he's it's like i'm just a you know i'm a senator now <laughs> <laughs> a what are you guys gonna do about it i am a senator um <laughs> andrew haywood thank you so much for for joining us again oh, it's
2: um
0: Alex Honnett is uh, finishing up his vacation. I'm dog sitting Dot, who's on the on the floor here, licking mm. her paw. Um, so he's present in spirit. Present in spirit, yeah. And I'm sure that uh, Dot will, at, as soon as anyone walks in front of our apartment, Dot will make sure to make herself known. Um, you also have Perfect. a a baby. That's who, true. Uh,
2: who um, also he's seems been handed off to, to, make himself to my wife right now? So I think Great. that we should be free of baby intrusions. Look at this. But, you Look know, at this. Just two. That's maybe never true.
0: Grown ass men talking about no, video geez. games. Yeah, <laughs> well, talking about
2: video game.
0: <laughs> ignoring yeah, talking about video game while ignoring their responsibilities. Uh, mm-hmm. Which um, uh, I'm. I mean, I think that's I think. Well, my thought is just we 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 kinda just use into the breach as as a little spine and let our conversation kind of uh drift off into into many directions yeah. kind of around that. Uh you know, I think sort that of, makes sense. We've already had you on. We know um you know, all of uh, all you've of been our, briefed. Right. for like our fervent listeners have uh like a they know your pedigree. They know your video game history. They know where you started. Um, they take strong, detailed notes. They, of course. You know, I mean, the, the
2: wiki page is going to get updated after this appearance, I'm sure. Exactly. Uh, we'll yeah. And argued about and lore. fought over.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, into the Breach. Uh, let's. I guess you've been telling me to play this game for you know about a year now like kind of consistently Maybe longer
2: you'll I don't know
0: yeah i don't think i was able to play it up until
2: you know i got this um this hog yeah. this
0: gaming rig
2: and well I... and then when your graphics card was broken i got you this game as a sop <laughs> as something that you could play without your graphics card which you did not do that's true <laughs> yeah 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 um, um... But I, I know that you uh you like to, to play your chess.com, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I don't believe I've ever played a video game which captures the appeal of chess, at least to me, as well as this game does. That's very
0: funny, because as I was playing it, so Into the Breach, for those, you know, it came out in 2018, I believe it says at the bottom so. of the game when you started it up. Um, it's a tactics style game you're a bunch of uh, mechs and you've got uh, aliens invading and they're trying to take out um, your power supplies and various other um, points of interest and one thing that I was thinking while I was playing this is that if chess had the same kind of like this is where all of the pieces could possibly go. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like board, uh, or like game kind of like messiness that this game has. It would be so, so frustrating.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, what it really is. It's like, it's not really like the game of chess. It's really like chess puzzles. And I kind of think in some ways, like, like there's a, a PC gaming website called rock, paper, shotgun, Mm-hmm. And they have a, their list of like top strategy games. And this is their number one strategy game. And I think in some ways that's kind of a weird classification for it. Because uh, to me what this uh-huh. feels like is every turn the game dishes up a new chess puzzle. To which I must find the best solution. And there okay. are some strategic concerns where it's kind of like, well, it is better to have my guys positioned centrally. But it's basically mm-hmm. to solve the next chess puzzle. Like, sure. I don't really feel like I'm building a position. I don't... Which so is, like, that's... that's kind of what I think of in terms of a strategy game.
0: Um, That's a funny distinction. I like that distinction of, um, you know, I, I guess, like, what is the difference between a tactics game and a strategy game? And to you, maybe there's a little bit of continuity between decisions that is about... That is, like, a positional continuity, I guess. Is yeah,
2: that... I mean, I, like... The way that this game works, it basically like it presents things you have to deal with this turn. Right. And they're not really that related to the things that you have to deal with next turn cuz the boards are so small. Like obviously lots of times it is the same enemy which moves to attack something else, but the boards are only 8x8. Eight eight. Most things can move 3 or 4 spaces. So like you can get from the center of the board almost anywhere a lot of the time. So lots of times it doesn't really feel to me like there is like a narrative of the whole battle yeah. so much as there are, it's just like each individual turn presents uh, a really, really charming puzzle to solve.
0: It's like, it's kind of like baseball, like in, you know, in the sense that you're kind of, or football, right? Where you're resetting sort of. Yeah. It's like plays. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that it took me a second to, well, at first my experience at first was, as somebody who does really enjoy chess puzzles to walk into something that is so similar to a chess puzzle, but I know none of the rules was, um, was frustrating and not, not in a like, you know, like, Oh, I I don't like this experience, but like, it's like, you know, Oh, I know this so well, but I don't know this at all kind of experience. Mm -hmm. So my initial um, like gameplay was just like, I was so overwhelmed. It's a game that like, um you know, I texted you that like the decision paralysis is like very real inside this game because there's a there are just s- so many different choices, right? And you're you're constantly fortunately you only have like three kind of th- things that you're in charge of, right? Like three yeah. combat mechs
2: that you're um Sometimes I, a couple you can get like a couple more in some missions either okay. from like sometimes there are like leftover tanks, or you can get weapons that summon uh, weird little guys um,
0: yeah, which I think then you know shoots the like decision tree
2: off into <laughs> so many yeah. more. although I mean they they make the things that you summon very simple. that's good well it's um, yeah,
0: it it is so I was playing it, and I was thinking about your um you are a big board game nut. And um, you've often said to me, uh, for those who listen, Andrew and I uh, play video games together a lot. Uh, <laughs> we play Apex Legends a lot. Um, and, and I, you know, you, you, you're someone who likes to have a complete layout of the rules sort of in front of you, right? Yes, very you wanna much. Know, you want to know, like, you kind of want to know everything. And then you want to be able yes. to make a decision from that, which is a very board game
2: experience,
0: right? Like, there's no, um,
2: yeah. And no in guess. the cases where there's uncertainty, I want to be, I want to know like the ranges of the uncertainty. Generally sure. speaking,
0: yeah. Um, this does this for you, I would say, more than many, maybe any other game that I've ever. Almost anything. Played. Yes. Yeah. I, I uh, think.
2: Yeah. In terms of my personal game aesthetics, I mean, I. I I think that you know when I said like I don't think this belongs at the number one spot on that strategy game list. I think it belongs at the number one spot on some list. Like, <laughs> I, I believe this to be one of the best designed games I've ever played. Um, Why? For... Uh, so what? What? What is it? What? What makes that true to you? So as you said, I mean, I think that basically, I, I think that there's like a horizon to at least my mental capability. And you know, I, you know, I assume everyone has, you know, there is some horizon where you can kind of understand everything and that's as much as you can do. And uh-huh. I think that's kind of what I want a game to do. Okay. Like I want it to be pushing it that a lot of the time, I think. Sure. But, yeah. But but yeah, generally, um, I think in the last, my last appearance, I might've talked about this, about how I have a preference for things which are gamey, as I call it. I don't really have a better way to talk about this, uh-huh. but things which are like discrete um things which have generally small numbers i like okay um things which are not really attempting to model reality in any fine detail but Mm -hmm. at like some higher level of abstraction which i think is kind of what this is going at you know you got an eight by eight board you can't move half a space um the, the biggest number you ever have to worry about in this game is like eight okay um you know the and usually you don't even really have to. Like, you know, there are some enemies that have maybe seven hit points or something, but lots of times you kill them by dropping them in pits or something. Right. Or you yeah. just don't even kill them because you don't actually have to kill your enemies.
0: Yeah, well, and and I do actually want to... I want to get to, at some point, that that quality of the game. But um,
2: but I... I mean, I, yeah, this, there's just... there's, It's there's funny because at it. first yeah. I was like, I don't know if there will be enough to talk about, and now I find that, like everything there's maybe too much to talk about because every time i start talking about something there's like other stuff i want to talk about really
0: <laughs> do you well it's what well what i was thinking is that you know i we play a lot of apex legends as listeners know and i wonder if there is in some ways there's there's a similar quality in that you can have kind of a full knowledge of the game elements um but there's it's an absolutely different quality in that it's happening real time you know i what i like about this and what i think you and i kind of have in common is that um There's something about feeling like you're losing or doing bad that is, like, a very addictive quality in a game.
2: Yes. Um, (laughs) Right, and, like, it's, like, every, every time a new turn starts in this game, I'm, like, oh, shit. Like, maybe not literally every time, but towards, like, once you get past the first island or something, it's, like, every turn feels like I'm gonna have to lose something. Yeah, yeah. And then I sit around and I think, and it's, like, oh, but actually... If I have my artillery guy knock my guy one space, then he can walk over there and throw that guy into the water. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, it's... And this, okay, so... I did, one thing I wanted to talk about specifically was mm-hmm. the undo turn button.
0: Okay, sure.
2: Um, And, sp- like, you were talking about how this is, like, an analysis paralysis fest. I agree. Yeah. But I think that if you made it so that you could undo turns every turn, it would totally change the character of the game. It it would be worse. I think it would be worse, even though there is a part of me that believes you should be able to undo every time. Because, yeah, you know, theoretically, you can calculate the results, and it's kind of dumb that I have to be like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to move this guy here and do this, so that I can move this guy here and do this, so that finally I can do this thing. And, you know, maybe along the way I've accidentally, like, missed some little detail and it's not going
0: to work. So, yeah, I I think that that's, um, as I was playing it, I would find that there are elements that were frustrating. And what I think is kind of cool is that it's frustrating because I feel like I should have already predicted. I should have known. And and maybe some of this is, is, like, the game iconography. It is a messy looking game. Um, especially when, you know, if there are, like, five enemies. Yeah. And and I don't mean that it's a messy looking. You know, it's cool. It's low poly. What I sort of mean is that when you have – it's eight by eight, and you've got three characters, and if there are five characters on the board, you're talking about, like, eight moves slash attacks that are right it it can get it can get
2: pretty much like if you showed it to someone who'd never seen the game before if you show like a kind of like deep into a a fight where there are like four or five enemies there are like arrows pointing all over the place numbers on stuff lightning bolts on your your power things that are going to get attacked there are like
0: territory elements that are so and so the experience then is that like it is so overwhelming. And so then there are times where I think I've made a like pretty, you know, calculated safe decision. And then like a rhinoceros beetle, like hurls himself into the water and dies. And I'm like, Oh, I was actually relying on him to run into that enemy that was right in front of him. I did not, um, you know, which also might be that just sort of a little bit of the, the kind of like language of the game, I'm still, you know, growing accustomed to, in some ways. But I, I do find that to be a, um, I, to be somewhat freeing because then it's like, okay, I could try and make like every decision absolutely perfect every single time, and I could still kind of like stumble a little bit, and maybe, and that's kind of okay. It's built into, in some ways, the, uh, um the roguelike quality of this game that like, True. you know, it's hard. You could lose. You could lose because they just had every single enemy attack a building and you just didn't have enough, you know, well, it's resources. weird.
2: I, I playing it. I sometimes wonder about the AI and how it makes its choices and whether it is specifically trying sometimes to make solvable situations. Oh, interesting. Cause I'm, I'm really just not sure. Like it feels like probably if it were playing just to win, at least on normal, it would make some different moves. Hmm. Um, but yeah, in the in the process of preparing for this, I played uh, I played through the tutorial again just to like remember what the sort of onboarding experience was. I thought that uh-huh. was very tight. I thought it was like immediately presenting interesting decisions. Yeah. And then I... well, actually, th-
0: that was really funny because I it immediately presented like very solvable decisions. Well, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and then and and so then I became like so flustered once i was in the game and i was like this is not as like it's and that's what i thought was kind of funny about you saying that it was like a puzzle i think like a puzzle game will like kind of gently ease you into puzzles by just sort of presenting eloquent kind of solutions this this has a little bit more yeah ai to it or randomness to it so that it's not as like pretty you don't there aren't like three or four ideal spots. Um, there are maybe like many ideal spots or you could do it in this way or this way. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know whether or not kind of, as you're saying, I don't know whether or not there are, um, yeah, I mean, I, solutions in the like, you know, capital C correct solutions way. Yeah. To all of these.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Cause yeah, what I was going to say is then I, I played a game and I won it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back to an old save where I had a game that I had had going like six months ago or something, uh-huh. and I lost the final fight in that one. Okay. And it was, it was very much a, uh, it's like, man, it was so close, obviously, because it's always so close. Everything, you know, the numbers are all so small that everything kind of has to be really close. Yeah. Um and like you know if, if my grid defense had kicked in which i think is honestly a stupid mechanic i don't think grid defense should exist
0: oh that's funny i i like it and as i've been so this mechanic is that um if you build up you have this grid right that is can get ticked down and if you build up uh you know it's like 7 or 8 out of 8 after you continue to build up You know, power source. It increases this percentage, this like dodge percentage, essentially that your buildings have, and that to me, I I play this game. I get frustrated playing this game. I uh, you know move to like play something else, and then all I can think about is this fucking game. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, actually, what would be cool is like really pushing grid defense to see if I could get like, you know, a 50%
2: chance of... Like... I think it only goes up to 25.
0: Oh, is that true? Yeah. I mean, I even so. then, yeah. I guess that that's... I don't know.
2: I mean, it's equivalent to giving you, like, another couple bars if you're at full mm-hmm. uh, sure. health. I don't know. It's just It seems to me like a weird... In a game which otherwise has no randomness like that, like... You know the outcome of every one of your things um, i guess but you it, don't know weird. how
0: the you don't know how the right. enemies are gonna, the move. Is
2: gonna yeah um
0: which which to me is is the, the experience that i find most yeah which i think actually is kind of like the strategy the element of the strategy thing that you're talking about where it's like i want i would love to know where they were going to move a little bit more only in the sense that like i want to try and optimize my attack stuff which uh you know i want them all in a line so i can
2: mm-hmm.
0: fire my rocket to bounce that one and you know that kind of stuff um but that's you know that's not this game <laughs> they're not gonna yeah just i mean they, you like that all the time the
2: structure is already you know like the telegraphing of attacks is a very interesting thing and i wonder whether it was it probably was not inspired by slay the spire mm-hmm. um which I think came out a little bit before this. Um, I first encountered that in action games in this game called Crashlands, uh, okay, and I think that that's I feel like that's become a much more common thing, like illuminating parts of the ground where like boss attacks are going to hit or something like that. Um, yeah, similar it's... to the the broadcast attacks in this game,
0: well, I think like you know in early like in a lot of early games or side scrollers or whatever, you had those like or like even in Mario, right? You had that element, but it was happening sort of in real time, right? Like a, a boss would like shoot rockets up into the sky and, um, you know, you would see on the ground where those rockets are going to land yeah. and you'd have to kind of move. But yeah, yeah the like, it, it it is, right? Yeah, versus, um, you know, XCOM or something where you're yeah. sitting there, and the creature is going to, like, scuttle across the ground, and it's just going to hit you immediately. Yeah, the, the changing of the order to, like, boss or enemy moves, enemy declares attacks and where attack is going to be, and then, all right, now it's your
2: turn. Go. Um, and, I mean, it's also the... It's very clever because it lets you redirect those attacks. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a tactics game that has really chosen to focus on positioning in a way that a lot of such games don't. It's not really about, like getting bigger numbers to do more damage. It's usually mm-hmm. about like repositioning, which I think is, you know, just another one of the brilliant things about this game. Just yeah. That,
0: it's got that, it's got like a judo element to it, right? Where it's, yeah. you don't even have to, I mean, you probably should <laughs> defeat some of these enemies sometimes, but you don't really have to. And I wonder like, you know, it'd be fun to watch somebody very deep in this game, try and like beat, It passively, or right, like try to do a like completely non-kill version of the game because you probably could. That would be pretty hard. Or maybe, or not like a non-kill version, but a like you know, let them. I mean, you can. Yeah,
2: there are. I don't know how many squads you played with, but I got to play with two. Yeah, yeah, they're they get pretty different. Um, like I played with one of the new squads where. One of the mechs, uh, if it kills an enemy, it cracks the spaces around it, the, the earth. Okay. And that means that if any damage is done to that, it turns into a pit. Okay. Um, and then it has another one where it can throw a guy. And where it lands, it deals damage to the, the <laughs> earth. So the, the clear thing to do is you kill things <laughs> with the crack thing. And then you toss yeah. guys onto the cracked earth, and they die. That's fine. Um, and there's another one where you like you make a lot of smoke. Uh-huh. Um, which oh, cancels can, like, attacks. The smoke. Uh, yeah, and then one of them comes with a thing that makes it deal a point of damage to enemies every turn, or if you upgrade it, um, two points.
0: I yeah, this so <laughs> I love that shit. I, no, I mean, that's, that's the thing. it's just like it's,
2: and it, this is just another you know, like I said, it feels like there's nothing to talk about, but in some ways there's so much to talk about. Where like <laughs> I think that the fundamental structure of this game, uh. The systems are designed so well that it means that they can make a huge variety of things, mm-hmm. which still playing in the same basic sandbox, you know, there aren't that many things they can do. They really just like move things, do damage, apply a few like status effects. Um, and still it just like blossoms out into these extraordinarily interesting things. I um, you, were a, you were a Shining Force kid
0: i was a shining force kid (laughs) which i was as well um how okay i'd like to how how are the how is shining force different than into the breach which i know the answer is like in probably like every way uh but we so alex and i are kind of in this conversation where he's he is really trying to get me to finish playing Chrono Trigger and mm-hmm. I'm finding the game like not like not an enjoyable experience.
2: Uh, I think the JRPG combat system which SquareSoft pioneered is so boring. Yeah, I feel I feel kind of bad going in on this when Alex isn't here to defend it, <laughs> but like <laughs> i just think it's a dumb combat system i don't understand the appeal i've like never understood the game part of those games
0: i think that this is really funny because like two episodes ago we had um, uh anime sickos on the podcast and they all ganged up on me (laughs) And we're like, no, this is so much fun, so this is great, oh man, I, I just feel like there' I are no it's feel like, bad
2: that Alex is not here but for- there are like so few choices to be made most of the time, and like man, it's they're like the anti end of the breach. the rules are like obfuscated and unclear to me. the effects of moves are not ever like made plain, so it's always just kind of guessing like mm-hmm. I don't know I always just <laughs> But like yeah. I said, the anti-end of the breach. This game tells you what everything does. It tells you how all the rules work. If something goes wrong, you can figure out exactly why. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those games, I feel like it's just like, I guess I attack,
0: and yeah. then it does some
2: damage, and then I'm like, uh, maybe that's not quite enough. <laughs> <laughs> I should do a different thing, I guess. Or yeah, Oh,
0: yeah, sure. Like, oh, okay, it, it hit him, and it did, like, one point of damage when it should have done, like, 50
1: all All right, right, must there must have, like, be physical some... armor
0: right right let's, yeah let's it's i you know so we're playing it through this emulator and um i get to the combat and you can put the emulator on fast forward mm-hmm. and i just fast forward <laughs> I attack, basically yeah <laughs> yeah and it's a, like totally effective strategy and it's so to me i'm like how is this not like, this is supposed to be the fun part of this game. Like, the fun part of this game is not me well, walking around trying to... I'm not to,
2: sure it is supposed to be the fun part of the game.
0: I uh, don't know. That, yeah.
2: I feel yeah. like maybe it's actually just friction designed to create narrative pacing. Okay. Or <laughs> there's there's a game, Dragon Quest, which is super big in Japan. Yeah, It's Alex very grindy. Huge, huge fan. And I think part of the appeal there is the grind. Like, mm-hmm. you know, many games... I think, uh, sort of act as substitutes for the parts of our brain that want to have meaningful labor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of what... Yeah, it's like, we'd like to believe, like, you know, if you go out and you do stuff, you should be better off by the end of it, right? You should have, like, made a profit. Uh-huh. That's not really how it works a lot of the time. But sure. in Dragon Quest, you go out, you kill a bunch of slimes, your numbers go up, you're yeah. better at killing slimes. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think it. What what is... Fast, yeah. It's funny that Alex is not here. <laughs> I am, wanna- because <laughs> he loves XCOM. He loves these. He loves Into the Breach, I think. Um, he loves these tactics style games, but he also loves those JRPGs. And it's funny that you think, and I'm probably more aligned. Well, I think those games. So, and that's sort of why I bring up Shining Force, is that that game is not perfect in any sense right it but it was very much a training wheels intro that could have branched out for me in two directions one is into this jrpg style game which i loved for a very for a while and the other way is into like a very strong tactics style game because you just those maps were like i loved those maps you know you had like big huge spaces the the combat was sort of was turn based but you had you know I think they
2: like they fight back right like I think oh, if you, you attack, attack someone they hit you back if you don't kill them I think
0: No sometimes they did sometimes it's oh, there's just, just a kind of chance yeah okay. but you but it had this strategy element where you were like oh okay like I can attack with this cr- character and I can like gang up on them you know with my three other characters before they attack back or I can position my archer behind someone um it was it still pretty rudimentary where it was like fairly easy at some point as long as you were kind of leveled up and and had some sense of strategy i remember when i first the first time i played those games um the the way that you lose is if your main character gets killed right and i just (laughs) would throw my main character in the bottom right hand corner (laughs) (laughs) So I, the first time I beat the game, my main character was like level five. Still. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Everybody else was super buffed, and I was like, "This is how you play this game." And then it wasn't until like the second time I played through that I was like, "Oh, this main character is like actually very strong. He's good. Yeah, yeah, is designed to like level up very, uh, you know, to be the person that I like think delivers he gets some the good spells, flow. right?" Yeah, good, it just, uh, like, gets a good yeah. sword, right? Like, it's just strong. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I think
2: in comparison to End of the Breach, like, games like that, it feels like the principal goal, it's always pretty much just, like, how do I gang up on guys, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty much what it is. Or, like, if you've played traditional roguelikes, like, uh, you know, ADOM or all those things, it's, like, pretty much when you are fighting hordes of enemies, or, like, Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup is a good one. Okay. It's pretty much, like hide at the end of a corridor they cannot surround me (laughs) (laughs) it's just like yes it's not it's not very complicated most of the times in terms of like the actual like positional element Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah but the and i feel like the in into the breach the turn-based way and like the structure of like them declaring their attacks and stuff i think it works really well in terms of conveying a notion of like Desperate humans fighting against these giant monsters. Like, they're so slow, they can't, like, respond, you know? I think uh-huh. it does a really good job of, like, just conveying that sort of notion. Yeah. It's... Like, it, it wouldn't make sense with a lot of other themings. Sure. <laughs>
0: I, I can see that. Um, the... So the game is, it's, like, four islands. You're... Every everything is run by corpor- a corporation, which I, which is funny. Um, that is like trying to save humanity. I, I and anytime I encounter a game where like you're trying to save some sort of corporation, I always have that like weird thing where I'm like, is this a critique that is like, oh, it imagines a future where you know governments have kind of dissolved and corporations are kind of the stand-in for that or or is there something more like n- more celebratory of neoliberalism in some sense
2: it uh, doesn't feel celebratory to me no although it's true that they are not just like parasites right yeah <laughs> like they do seem like they do actually care to be fair like once you rule an island i guess you just have to care to some extent.
0: I get yeah, what well, it's I mean I know. guess they've
2: got nowhere to run either which is sort of
0: I mean I beat I beat the game because every time I had to to defend the corporate tower I just let that shit fall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I fucking won.
0: It said I lost, but I <laughs> <do>. <laughs> I think that
2: I also this is another thing I think is really cool about this game is that uh victory and loss are like diegetic within the game. Right. Like when I when I lost the you know the head of the corporation said something like you say you're time travelers prove it. There is nothing left to save here. <laughs> and that is you yeah, you leave you abandon the timeline. And so,
0: I, that's yeah, I think I think that um the there's some of the best roguelikes have this sort of yeah diegetic
2: um yeah like hades does that too
0: hades has it i'm trying to think Does i don't know if slay the spire has it but it's not totally a thing i need but it is something that i usually appreciate in some way
2: that um no, I've got no problem with a game where like there's no explanation for why there's just an endless supply of dudes getting like fed into this meat grinder. <laughs> right. <laughs> there doesn't need to be.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't need it um and so I'm I'm wondering and this doesn't do it yet, right? Like, okay, cool, time travel, you know, it's a different timeline, you're going back, you're trying to save the world. Um cool fun sounds great. Um But there's going to be a point where people are making roguelikes where the there's going to be a limit to like how you can give an excuse for why your character is kind of going back to the beginning, and I'm I'm very ready for that excuse to be like totally bullshit, (laughs) just like (laughs) like you tried too hard, you swung and you missed. But yeah, right now the is there. You, so you really like uh, Unexplored 2. Is that the?
2: Yeah, I, I mean... think that's. Uh, although it it is in retail release. And I am not terribly surprised. But it's very buggy. It still needs mm. more time. of More development time. Fair. Um, uh, but the original Unexplored. Really great.
0: What um, I, What's cool about that. And what I thought was maybe happening with this. But I don't think so. There was just a point in this game. Where I beat them. And they were like there's a, you know, 78% chance of the Vec returning or something like that. Um, but what happens in Unexplored is, like, your character will die, you start over, but, like, the decisions you made prior yeah, it's the same have world kind of like a, a some sort of ever- everlasting effect in some way, which I think is cool. This doesn't have that, I don't think, right? Like, basically, no, you're going I mean, back in, and you're starting from fresh every single time. Thematically,
2: it's sort of the opposite. So you're always moving right. to a different timeline timeline yeah. which i also like and the, you know one of the few things to say about this game which is not explicitly focused on its systems like i think this is just kind of a cool notion people ideologically basically driven to save infinite timelines <laughs> you know never no rest it's like it's the kind of like masculine bullshit that uh uh-huh. i think is is pretty cool you know these guys married to the job i guess <laughs> Yeah, so that even when you win, you're like, well, there's still a ton of infinite (laughs) timelines. This is uh, when I was on chemo. I was like Mm -hmm. brainstorming while I was like getting infused with this poison. Like, Uh what's an interesting like science fictional metaphor whereby this this could be a process someone would willingly undergo? (laughs) And uh, I, I was, yeah, I sort of was daydreaming about like, yeah, it's it's you know, people ideologically sent into parallel universes. As they're infused with these uh, chemicals, they're in an interstitial space between these universes, and they are, you know, afflicted <laughs> and ill. I don't know. So anyway, uh, yeah. basically, <laughs> I feel a personal connection to this. Oh yeah, <laughs> as someone who has transported himself from uh, one Almost universe where he was supposed to died. die to one where yeah. he gets to live.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, it does. It is like a funny, uh, I guess, deconstruction of the, you know, the narrative. Or, well, we're in a moment where like multiverse stuff is so prevalent, and it's, um, you know, I think Marvel is doing, you know, they're doing their best to try and keep that. Like, how do you, how do you create a satisfying narrative knowing that like <laughs> there's there can't be satisfying narratives. Yeah. Or, or
2: um, you know. I, mean, I feel like all the multiverse stuff is basically just brands trying to find ways to, like, expand Recast. the scope of their yeah. IPs.
0: Oh, of course. It it works
2: really well. Uh, it works really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, do I want to see, like, Batman in, like, 1600 Spain? I guess. <laughs> I've like seeing Batman in all the other places. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, at least...
0: <laughs> I was talking, like, DC actually does not seem to care about this. They're just sort of like, yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of different Batmans. What, like, who cares? <laughs> it's not. Like, ben <laughs> Affleck's going to be Batman again, and then probably also. Yeah, that like, is crazy. Yeah,
2: Michael Keaton now. is going to be Batman in the, the Flash movie. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> Where, like, yeah. <laughs> if it ever gets released, because uh, yeah, what's, the, a, what's her name? It's just sort like. Sort of a monster. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> the Flash is a bad guy yeah. Uh, but yeah it's a I I become I, I've become less and less enthralled by like any sort of I, I like I like time loop stuff more than I like the you know the branch these branches could go off infinitely like I like the like no actually we're all kind of contained in one single timeline time traveler <laughs> you yeah. have to like you know, there's something satisfying about the.
2: Um... It's yeah, it's true. When it gets too expensive, like you said, it is kind of like no story matters. Right like at a certain point in time, when it's like, well, just hop one timeline over, and this all happened differently. There's this like, yeah, I guess you're always following, you know, a consciousness. But um, this Spanish movie,
0: Time Crime, I think it's called their Time Crimes, and it's it starts out with a person kind of like observing a murder happening or like it's a little obfuscated and then they go in to stop it and realize that they are the person like they're running from somebody and they commit the murder and then Mm -hmm. realize that they are the person that they are running. Like it's just, there's no real explanation for it just, but it's like three time loops over one another and that stuff. I love that stuff. I love it so much.
2: There's, it's only sort of related but there's this uh i guess you'd call it a comic book called uh, i think it's called Elsewhere mm-hmm. by uh Jason Shiga maybe um i'm going to massively spoil this thing that's fine uh uh basically it's like a choose your own adventure comic okay um and it it starts with you like eating some ice cream <laughs> um anyway eventually You meet a mad scientist. He's got a few machines. I I don't know if I remember exactly how they work, but basically it turns out that everyone that you ever encounter is just you in an infinite time loop. (laughs) And it posits that, in fact, every human being ends up in this position eventually. That, like, (laughs) your personal timeline is one where you never die. (laughs) You end up basically becoming, like, isolated from all other humans in, like, a personal timeline where only you exist and survive. <laughs> um, it's actually, it's very interesting. It's a very fine piece of science fiction from a perspective of, like, here are the rules. Here are the uh-huh. implications of those rules. Yeah, Because I believe that, like, the basically magical technology is that there's a, a machine where you can push a button and it kills everybody outside of the booth that okay. the button is in. Uh-huh. Um and then there's another machine which like checks whether something happens and if it doesn't it just like pushes this button and everybody dies and basically (laughs) the idea is this is a means of isolating the time stream where extremely unlikely quantum events happen (laughs) um so it's like you've got like the chamber and it's like well if like chocolate ice cream doesn't just appear in this chamber push the button and because there is some chance theoretically via quantum physics that this ice cream could just appear uh, it just eliminates all the other timelines it's sort of like outer wilds more spoilers um That's funny. Like, it seems like a lot of other things could appear there. <laughs> yeah, and in all, that's fine. In all those timelines, the button gets pushed and everybody dies. <laughs> all that matters is that there exists the one timeline where it appears that you survive. Uh,
0: I... It's, i very much forgot my train of thought there. <laughs> yeah sorry like, this is a it's like, not
2: too relevant to no
0: no no the like idea of just somebody <laughs> waiting their entire life for ice cream to appear in front of them is a like Sisyphian <laughs> experiment <laughs> um yeah but this like coming back to to into the breach i i like it i really want to <laughs> i want to play more of it and i have the like the like weird thing in my brain where i'm now you know picturing these images mm-hmm. of these like monsters lobbing like attacks and pushing my mechs and like bouncing them off of one another and um maybe we get yeah, to, to like... yeah maybe we get some final thoughts about about the game how does that how does that feel or maybe i you know how much how much of this have you have you played how many of these things have you unlocked cuz i'm still I haven't
2: fresh. I i have not done i i played a fair amount of this when it first came out and i unlocked most of the squads i mm-hmm. had maybe like one or two left uh and then with this new stuff um because netflix uh, bought them i think that's why there's a new uh, oh. there are new features and I got a, a mobile release it which by the way I played this on a steam deck and cool. that was just like the perfect form factor it is such a good game to have in a handheld uh, format
0: was it is it it's not too small like it's not too no. okay cool no what
2: i mean that's the other much? advantage is that you know it's it's a chunky game you know, yeah <laughs> there, there isn't yeah you know, just okay this is just another spiraling off because it was something that i thought about which uh-huh. is that I've kind of fallen off from Magic the Gathering. I imagine I will play it again at some point in time, because it's maybe the longest persistent part of my life, (laughs) in some ways. (laughs) Um, Because I played that game for like 25 years or 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like uh, in recent, some of the recent like arena stuff, they've really abandoned the notion that, like the complexity of a card's effect should fit on a card, yeah um,
0: yeah, i it's it's so funny to come from, you know, like alpha and beta of this game are essentially like, what if we take Dungeons and Dragons and turn it into
2: a card game? Like, a oh, and it is card. a fucking mess. Where it's I, I, like the, rock hydra, where it's like flip some coins, you add some head tokens when it yeah. takes damage, you take off head to it's just like geez louise,
0: but still it's still pretty like like flying
2: is you know well, flying is just like one of the greatest mechanical
0: mechanics, game of, all mechanics all time. of all time. Like, just, you're just sort just, of like you put it down, it says flying, and like even without the rules text, you. Both you and your opponent have a notion of, like, what this card is going to do. It's going to fly. It's going to fly over there as characters. They're not going to be able to do anything about it unless they have flying or, you know, reach. Which
2: I don't know if, like, yeah. reach was even a part of. Um... Uh, giant Spider was an alpha, but reach as text didn't exist for some okay. time. Maybe, Great. like, 7th edition or something.
0: Um, And, yeah, no, you're right that, like, that was kind of an initial... It's almost like a an initial necessity to any card game, right? Right, like you can't. So there's something about Magic where the the it spiraling out is a result of it existing for a long time, right? Like you can't necessarily introduce a card game right now that is like, yeah, well, such a
2: crazy like spiral I out mean, of, of text. But what I, what I find maybe most surprising and disappointing about this apparent turn of events in Arena. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, Mark Rosewater, the longtime head of design for Magic, Uh um, had a long-running, probably still has, I haven't read it in a long time, but he had a long-running column about game design. Mm -hmm. And he really, like, it's a lot of his ideas, which informed a lot of, I think, my ideas about game design. I mean, they're not, like, specific to him. But he led, like, a big effort to simplify Magic and to make sure that, like there were just like a lot of cards that weren't that complicated, things like that, which I think are necessary for the game to work It like a pairing back of complexity was necessary. Yeah. Um. And it did not, you know, there were a lot of people who were like, you're dumbing down the game. And I, you know, it still remained a very interesting game with lots of really good decisions. Just not one where cards needed to have like 13 lines of very small text. Yeah. Well, Um, I think
0: this, that's the, it's like you, you, you put 10 cards out that are like fairly simple. The like, complexity that stretches out from that is right is wide yeah i
2: mean right magic has the advantage which i think this game does as well of having like a fundamental system which works really well like i have played games of magic to teach people where it's like the only things in it are like like grizzly bears hill giants like giant growth and lightning bolts or something like that and you don't even really need that just like the combat system itself is pretty interesting Mm -hmm. um especially once you introduce you know like fast effects and stuff yeah, yeah. Um,
0: it's yeah, it's a game. I don't know. It's. <laughs> I think you're right that like this has that element of like early magic that is. It's it is not complicated, right? Like what is complicated?
2: I, I, I think that they're they're very deliberate about it also because you know they could make these weapons have really super complicated effects, but every one of them, you can see what it does by a little illustration and like two lines of text. Yeah. Maybe like 60 characters like. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I appreciate it. I can jump in and I can start playing it. It is the, that's what I thought was funny about like thinking about it like chess. Like it's like (laughs) if I was playing a game of chess and was like, Oh fuck. I forgot the Bishop could do that. (laughs) (laughs) I should have looked down at the corner and seen my like, you know, Bishop attack. Um. But it's, you know, it's cool to come in and have a game that is it's eloquence, right? Like that's that's sort of I think what is is it's, true about it's this very eloquent game. You don't have a a huge the complications arise not from each element of the rule system being complicated, but by just sort yeah, of I'm like just... demonstrating that like, oh, if you have like five or six simple rules and you introduce an additional enemy to that that's going to let that like brain spiral of like that decision tree spiral kind of expand out um and yeah that is very attractive to me (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. into the breach final thoughts um but i maybe i'll i'll start and i'll let you kind of round it out how does that sound um This is a game that um, it's low poly. it's super fun. Um, it drops you in fairly quickly. and if you like uh, games where you you know have a lot of decisions to make or or don't even want to make like so here's here's another thing that is maybe true to me. like in thinking of this as a chess puzzle, you actually don't have to do this game correctly if you don't want to like you could kind of just play it if you wanted to with with like little sort of like forethought sort of ahead of it if you wanted to just kind of jump in you know punch something and sort of see where it went from there you could play it that that way you might not be it might not get you anything it might not be (laughs) like you might find it that frustrating but also you know like we were talking about It is a game that is on a loop. It's a roguelike game. You don't have to... You know. You can let these places die. (laughs) You can let... (laughs) These people don't exist in every timeline. Uh, So... You know, maybe some of the like the brain freeze stuff that I'm encountering is just from a, a weird, um, like neurological disease
2: that I have uh, where I need to. I get think everything this, right all of the time, but this game is designed to trigger that disease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but it's super fun. It's tacticsy. It's uh relatively short if you want it to be. I think I was one turn away from like winning or like beating the final island um, Mm -hmm. which I was like the bomb was about to go off in one turn oh this was like a thing where I was standing on something where a terrain element happened and i didn't realize because of the mm. yeah of like sometimes noise. like
2: sand or something can happen and you're like oh shit i needed this guy to be able to do something here oh yeah i um, needed him
0: alive for the entire like last round i was like yeah playing with my two worst mechs trying to and I didn't have the reset available to me it doesn't matter it's it's part of the um the charm of the game is that you might just get Absolutely brutalized in a way that you were not expecting. And then you kick yourself because you're like, I should have been able to anticipate that. I have, you know, the entirety of the game kind of presented to me in front of myself. It's, But that's tactics, baby. That's a tactics strategy game. Sometimes you don't get to you don't get to optimize you know your choices 100 because you fuck up um doesn't matter it's super fun um the writing in it is is cute and funny it reminded me a little bit of um uh switch and shoot has just sort of a cheeky kind of uh it's like oh yep they all died (laughs) you know and (laughs) it's not
2: uh, i I really like that the there are the little bubbles when you like land and like the mechs are here we're yeah. saved yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes people die and they say sadder things yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> like oh, we're all gonna die but i also like that it doesn't really linger on it so it really like those text bubbles kind of pop up in a way yeah. where like you know your eye will glance around across one of them but like there's still more um like text out there and it feels it makes it textured pardon the pun maybe that's a pun
2: um text hmm. and textured are those two related <laughs> probably so i think they probably both come from textile like the same thing as textiles is my guess okay. this is only because i looked up subtle one time and that's where it came from
0: <laughs> anyway it's um it's fun it's funny the world yes, is literally very... thing
2: woven text okay. us um... you're welcome <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh each world feels distinct in its own way i didn't play the bottom right hand island um which maybe looks like is a that the acid one maybe like a robo like, it looks like it's, yeah, got, it's like got like, got little, like robots yeah. yeah um still very fun uh definitely a play i don't i don't even know if we're like obviously we talked about this game for an hour not i can do like, this is a pass <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, hard pass no this uh super fun game if anything that we've talked about sounds attractive to you then then dive it i mean it's it's been around for four years chances are you've played it if not get, yeah, if you're interested it. in it you probably have yeah um final thoughts on into the breach andrew
2: uh yeah i i consider it a triumph of systems design uh you know we talked about this for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever and touched on a lot of things but there are still systems that we didn't talk about that. I think are very clever. Uh, I think, for instance, like the unlocks um, mm-hmm. and the way that that encourages you to use the different squads. I think those are very well executed, um, and they, you know, they they cleverly steer you towards uh, doing the cool things that that squad does, and sort of introducing you to more of the subsystems of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Generally, I just uh, I think this is one of the greatest games I've ever played. Um, that said, like I don't actually play it that much because I find it also it's kind of like a tiring game. Like yeah. I can play Apex Legends for eight hours and be real sweaty and gross at the end of it, but fine. I could like I can't sit down and play this game for eight hours. Like,
0: no, I, it's too happens, many.
2: It's too many grueling decisions.
0: What happens? What I like about Apex Legends, I think, and frees me from this, is like you have the same kind of decisions, but you have to accept that you're going to make imperfect decisions because that is what happens at, like, you know, in real time. At speed, it, yeah. You just, it's like, you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. In this game, it gives you all the time in the world to really. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Steam Deck Thanks. has a shutdown feature. So, yeah, there there were some turns, which I guess you could say took me, like, 18 hours. Uh... <laughs> uh, it's not like I was actually thinking about them the whole time. But there are definitely are turns where I sat and I looked at it for, like, 10 or 15 minutes before doing anything yeah. and that's you know that's a very fun thing but it's its own kind of thing and i don't want to do it all the time
0: <laughs> i like i like the the rounds or the you know i don't know the levels where i was convinced i was going to lose the entire time and then finished it and i was like oh i didn't take a single point of damage yeah,
2: nothing went wrong yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh it has it has that element of like thinking you're thinking you're losing the entire time when in
2: fact you were playing um playing well yeah no and then it's i really i think the theme is also very clever just Mm -hmm. in the whole way the monsters feel like big monsters the way that like they are attacking fixed objects which again like kind of only makes sense in this like defending humans from monsters sort of perspective uh, yeah yeah, I think it's a brilliant game. I'm glad you finally played it. I'm glad you liked it.
0: I'm glad too. I'm you know it, it's it's nice to have an excuse to play it and then talk about it at at length. Now you and I may never talk about this game ever again. We may have that is totally possible. Exhausted everything that there is. I, to I say mean, about if you
2: it. if you play if you do play it and you like you know you have a good run or something, you should tell me about it. Okay, that sounds good. That's <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a deal. That's a bundle. <laughs> buddy. Unlocking that is, cool dudes. That's a bundle buddy
1: deal. <laughs> Okay, that was a great episode of Bundle Buddies.
0: Alex, I think that we're getting really good at this.
1: I wholeheartedly agree. I think you're getting really good at this. Now, <laughs> the listener has now heard the episode. I still haven't heard it. Right. Um, maybe I'll put a post postscript in after I uh, edit it about and what I really just, thought about like,
0: it. Swear or whatever. Be like, these fucking assholes.
1: Hey guys, this is Alex with that promised postscript. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was bullshit, the way they went in on Squaresoft games and turn-based JRPGs uh, without me being there to defend it. Because they forgot to mention that Into the Breach has these cute little story bits here and there, but it really is just a little dry logic puzzle for the, these two freaks uh, that we just listened to prattle on about that shit uh, for an hour and a half, two hours even. Unbelievable. There's nowhere near the kind of emotional gravitas you get in a masterpiece like Chrono Trigger. Anyways, on with the podcast. I really loved Into the Breach. I played it a bunch today, sort of in honor of this episode. So, it's great. It's so it's really, fun. It's a really, really good game. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I keep thinking about it, and then I'm playing Apex Legends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's because Square based games suck. <laughs>
0: No, this is not this is nothing like a like a turn-based uh JRPG.
1: This is it hey it's a square. It's there's a squ- you're, there's you're playing right, in squares.
0: You're right. That's not what we meant. We meant like square soft. SquareSoft. Okay.
1: okay. Interesting. All right.
0: Anyway, uh, next week it's going to be the boys, right? Just us.
1: Just the lads.
0: Just the lads. The
1: lads chopping it up.
0: Chopping it up. Chopping, drinking
1: Carlisle, Newcastle's.
0: Maybe we'll talk about Overwatch because I played Overwatch with Matthew Haddock.
1: Yeah, I think it'll probably be a grab bag episode. Well, I'll bring a little something to chat about.
0: Okay. 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, uh, like and subscribe to us on Apple podcast. Leave us a review there, please. And track us down on the web at Bundle of Square Buddies on Twitter or www.bundlebuddiespodcast.com. Um, if you like to go to browser-based shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, love yeah, I love you, Much, yeah? Love if, you if, that's what, if that's what you like. Jesus. You probably fuck. like monkey boxing if you like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love you too, Alex. Bundle Buddies is produced by Matthew Haddock. Our theme song is Neoshiki by Roll Music. Email Bundle Buddies Podcast at gmail.com to say hi.
1: Hi. <laughs>